0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for CEO Exclusive, brought to you by Anona Enterprises.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to CEO Exclusive, where we get emerging trends from CEOs and their most trusted advisors. I'm delighted to have on today's show Matt Piper at Open Hand and Jess Parsons White with Good Measure Meals. And today we're going to talk a little bit about a great cause and the social enterprise that's supporting it. Um, So I'll start off by asking you both, tell us a little bit about your companies. Well,
0: I'll start. uh, Open Hand Atlanta is a not-for-profit. It's been around about 28 years. Our mission is to help people either prevent or better manage chronic disease through nutrition and nutrition education. So from our Midtown kitchen, we are preparing about 5,200 meals a day, uh, six days a week, and delivering those to our neighbors in need throughout Metro Atlanta. And so it's a phenomenal cause uh, we have incredible rates of chronic disease. Chronic disease is the leading cause of death in the United States. And if we're looking for a culprit, we don't need to look any further than our food sources. And so Open Hand has really set out to elevate the nutritional standards and the quality of food that you would typically find in a community-based setting. We want to empower people through nutrition and nutrition education to overcome their health challenges, live better qualities of life, and, and in doing so... We actually lower the tax burden because we can keep people out of hospitals and we can keep them out of institutionalized care. And what about you, Jess?
2: Yeah, so Good Measure Meals um, is a social enterprise of Open Hand. We've been around about 11 years now. And So I'll ask you to pause there. Let us know what what is a social enterprise (laughs) for people who
1: don't know (laughs) what that is.
2: Yeah, so social enterprise basically looks at a, a triple bottom line strategy. So we're about more than just making money as a as an organization, right? A hundred percent of our net proceeds that we we make through Good Measure Meals actually is returned to Open Hand to support the meals and the programming that we provide to clients of Open Hand. So are you a subsidiary community. of Open Hand? We are technically a business unit of a program. Got it. Yeah. Um, so we, we fall under the 501c3 umbrella, um, but we do function kind of as a, our own little enterprise that funnels all those profits back into support the programming. So um, it's a really, really cool concept that allows us to not only address the nutrition needs of, amongst the entire socioeconomic spectrum, so we extend that mission, but we also allow the nonprofit to become more financially sustainable. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the concept of, of social enterprise. But what, what we do is actually provide balanced, nutritious meals, very similar to our open hand, gourmet level, very nutritious, very fresh and just healthy. And we we serve those to the paying public. So, so they purchase and then by their purchase, they're improving their own health while also helping somebody else in need. So it's a really, really cool concept. We took that, that idea in our initial concept and actually extended it to also mirror our programming and education side of our, our mission, which is um, providing that nutrition education through cooking demos, through corporate wellness programming, so that it expands our reach not only just to one particular user that's eating the meals, but also to groups and communities and populations that want to learn more about how to cook healthy, How how is the food that they're eating impacting whatever dietary conditions they may have.
1: Yeah, and I'm always really excited when I have people on the show who have brands that I recognize and you deliver to my gym every morning at 6 a.m. <laughs> so, Making you hungry as you're working out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I'm going to ask you both the CEO exclusive question, which is, what are the trends in your industry or area of expertise that you think CEOs in the middle market specifically should know about? And so, Matt, I'll toss that over to you.
0: You know, I really think it's about the importance of hybrid models like, like we have. It's our business model that is really becoming very much more respected and accepted. The The idea that not-for-profits who are expected to serve the sickest of the sick and the poorest of the poor, the idea that we can do this without sufficient resources is not realistic. And so not-for-profits have been encouraged to really pursue alternative ways to raise revenue to sustain your mission. And that's the beautiful thing about social enterprise. One of the outcomes of that is that it makes us less dependent On federal and state dollars, right? Because we're being creative in the ways that we can raise dollars. It is the beauty of public and private partnerships, right? So we, um, one of the things that I love about our model is that we can offer the opportunity for companies and corporations to come volunteer in our kitchen and actually help package and prepare the meals uh, and deliver them. And we use about 8,000 volunteers a year. And many uh, CEOs that we talk to say that they would rather bring their teams down to the Open Hand Kitchen to help package and deliver meals than go to a retreat center to do team building. Right? There's that. There's nothing like working together to better somebody else who's in need. Um, it's a it's a leadership development opportunity as far as I'm concerned, and I think a lot of CEOs and HR directors have really taken hold of that. So that business model is something I think um, more CEOs want to know about.
2: Great. And what about you, Jess? Yeah. So from the from the business side of it all, I think something that, that is trending, the, whether you're in the nonprofit space, social enterprise space, or just general general for-profit um, organizations, are really looking at the trend of the consumer and what that buying power is becoming. And so what, what do the, the end user care about? And we're seeing actually a, a socially responsible marketing agency out of um, Nashville called Good Must Grow did a fabulous what study. What is it? Good Must Grow. How do you spell that? Um, good... G O O D must U S T and grow G okay. R O W. Good must grow. Good okay. must grow. Yeah. So they they are a B Corp um, social enterprise that really took to let's let's look at what is that metric? How do we benchmark w- what people care about when they're purchasing something? And and are they socially conscious? And so they came up with this index, and it's called the the Conscious Consumer Spending Index. And for the past three years, they've done a lot of interviews and and uh, across the nation looking at where where are those pockets of people that care about this and and are they growing are they trending in that direction so whether what wherever you fall on the the business spectrum what they're seeing is growth in the younger generations of really caring about where is that that end dollar going to so is it going into the pocket of of some you know Um, shareholder that they've never met, or is it going back into the community and investing in a cause that they believe in? And so we've seen, you know, numbers year after year grow. And South, interestingly enough, the South is the region that has grown the most over this last year. And so we're seeing kind of an index score of 68 out of 100 of those that really care um, about where their money is going or, or how, the, how the company that they're purchasing, whatever they're purchasing from, is, is utilizing that money. So are they being environmentally friendly? Are they financially sustainable? Are they giving back to a good cause? So the CCI index, one thing that we've taken away is that over a third of the population in, in ages up to 44, so 18 to 44, um, looking at adults, really say that metric matters to them right what is what is that conscious spending look like to them and that they want to spend more on companies that care about where their dollar is going and so like i said you know depending on what what business you're in really across it, every business paying attention to that and knowing that the younger populations that is growing and escalating at a really fast rate that's where the buying power is going to be in the next couple of years. And so being able to create a product and, and making sure that you're giving back while you're doing it in whatever way, whether it's through foundation or through, um, you know, through, through that profit or, or social enterprise, um, making sure that, that you're aligning with what people care about. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, so I like so many people care whether or not the money that I'm spending really is mm-hmm. going to, you know, some greedy capitalist or, <laughs> you know, something that's actually going to make a difference. But I have a couple follow up questions for you on that. So, in your specific case, you know, good measure meals, is the money that you are generating, your profit, I guess, really making an impact? I mean, you, you don't have to tell me the exact numbers, but even order of magnitude, like, you know, because I think the the, the order yeah. of magnitude matters as well. Because, I mean, there are a lot of companies that say, well, we have a foundation, but it's, you know,
2: 0.001% of their profit, right?
1: right? Just so that they can say it for the marketing value. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. Do you- do you want me to hop in here? And Very I, th- I think one thing that's really interesting, and, and just talking in, in big numbers, nonprofits, obviously, vary, various sizes, right? Um, our, our nonprofit, we comprise about a third of the generating revenue or of, of the total operating budget from Good Measure Meals, the social enterprise, a third. So we're talking seven figures um, in, in terms of what we're bringing in to, to build and support that revenue in the operating process. We're a manufacturing facility, and so it allows us to mirror what we do on the open-hand side to um, take advantage of those economies of scale, to really build off of the infrastructure that we've already created this network to serve more people. Um, So seven-figure revenue, we turn around and give a six-figure net proceeds back. That's six figures that we wouldn't have to raise philanthropically or go into you know, government asking for money or going into taxpayers asking for money. There's all of this money that we're able to generate just through extending our own mission. So it's a win-win on every side. And so this is, we,
1: when you say we, you mean we, the big 501c3.
2: Right. Okay. Right. Well, well. so, no, Good Measure Meals is a six-figure six bottom line. That actually is returned back into the 501c3. Got it. I'd so, I mean, like to say that pretty... for,
0: for every two meals— that we sell, or for every one meal that we sell of good measure meals, we can feed two people. We can provide two meals to someone who's in need. So it's, it's absolutely generating uh, revenue, profit for that, that is then invested back into open hand. It is the reason we can achieve the level of quality that we're able to provide because we get contracts with local government agencies to feed seniors as an example. But those contracts don't come close to covering the full cost of what it takes to really prepare and deliver a healthy meal. You know, we, we don't use canned tomato sauce. We make Our chefs make the tomato sauce from scratch and season it appropriately. Canned tomato sauce has too much sodium. Um, and that's just one example. But it costs a little bit more to do it that way. By generating revenue through our social enterprise, that's, that's part of, the, of how we cover the gap. The nutrition gap, we call it, in funding, basically, so we can achieve a, a higher quality meal that's nutritionally balanced for for our neighbors in need who who need who need this service. Yeah,
2: and I think also for for the business aspect of it, it's important to look at nonprofits are often dependent on funding either philanthropic or or um, contracts grants that are coming in, which are very unpredictable. Right, you can't you can't foreshadow when somebody's deciding to. Um, you know, donate out of their purse, right? Out of their wallet. And so uh, having good budget meals actually allows us to have a steady cash flow. So week to week, we know that we're getting that payment. And so when you're when you're forecasting, when you're planning your budget and, and looking for the sustainability of that organization, it makes it a lot easier for us to become sustainable, make investments when they need to be um, made rather than just waiting until we get that funding
0: in. It is so important to, get to our bottom line and that cash flow is absolutely critical. The other thing that has happened is that when you are competing in the for-profit market, as we do with other meal plans uh, providers, you have to really pay attention to quality. When, when our predecessors launched open, uh, Good Measure Meals, I don't think we anticipated that it was going to uh, encourage us and force us really to raise quality on the open hand side of our business too. And so it was a, it was a wonderful discovery, actually, that. That, you know, we, we really have kind of raised, raised our standards.
1: And so if we think about this in the broader context of CEOs who might be listening to this and thinking, OK, so people are paying attention to whether or not my profits are going to, you know, some kind of a good cause or whether or not we're really being of service. Is there anything beyond the marketing value, you know, just <laughs> you know, saying, OK, so we're, we're, we're a bunch of do-gooders. Isn't that great? You should spend your money with us versus other people. Um,
2: Does it create any other value, really? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, to my point earlier is it extends our entire mission, right? So if we're able to affect health, our prior days, we really just focused on those that were already dealing with chronic disease, right? They've already been diagnosed with one, two, three, multiple, um, may already be bedridden. By extension of our mission across the entire socioeconomic spectrum, now we're looking at prevention as well. And so we're, we're meeting people where they're at before they've got those diagnoses. So we're we're able to address chronic conditions before they, before they happen, um, getting people on the right track in terms of that nutrition, providing that nutrition education, um, and meeting them in the spaces where they are. And I think that's been a huge win for, for Good Measure is our partnership philanthropically and through volunteers on open hand, those corporate Folks that come in for the team building or those those days of service turn around and then they receive nutrition education and services from us in their workplace. So we're able to go in, put coolers, provide um, nutritious meals for these small companies, for bigger companies even um, in Atlanta. And it, it, it's able to provide that convenient tool that that working person needs to improve their quality of life through health and wellness. So, I mean, I do think we really see, we get wonderful stories all the time, testimonials from our customers saying, you know, I lost the weight I needed, you know, my A1Cs are down and manageable. My cholesterol is manageable. My blood pressure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I couldn't do this on my own. And it's that support mechanism that we want to offer to really see that, that change um, take place. Mm -hmm.
1: So one of the trends that you, you mentioned was the, that the, the I care social index. I don't know what it is. Um, I didn't <laughs> miss it, but uh, that index is growing over time. And the expectation is that as millennials, you know, mm-hmm. kind of grow into their, their full um, earning capacity and buying power, it'll become more important. So what are you seeing in terms of the like other evolving business models or strategies for companies to take advantage of, of the growing social consciousness of this generation?
2: I think that honestly, any, any startup Right now, has to look into what what type of model in Georgia. We're kind of limited in our social structuring. Um, you can really be either a nonprofit. It's really a nonprofit social enterprise, or what's what's here. But um, we are working on some legislature right now. There's a, there's some fabulous things going on in the Capitol. Really trying to push for B Corp, um, which is a for-profit social enterprise. And the, you think of your Toms, your Warby Parker's, your Ben and Jerry's, where you know that that what they're doing is is There's some good that's going back in there. And I think... For the younger generation that tends to be more entrepreneurial, they're looking at these structures and they're saying, if we, it's much easier to start from that than to try to retroactively fit whatever company you design back into that that space. Um, and so, I think for for anybody that's out there that's looking for you know a really great way to to start a new business, starting from the ground up, building your structure around a social enterprise that you are investing in one cause or another, whether it's you know the the green space, lower your carbon footprint or giving back to a certain cause that's mission aligned with whatever your organization is about. I think it's, vi- you know, it's vital, it's imperative for, for the success of that company to see it grow, to, to align with the needs of those consumers that's gonna, that are going to be aging with you.
0: I might just add that CEOs these days are all concerned about retaining the best talent and, and recruiting the best talent. Millennials, of course, are amongst that workforce, and millennials um, really do care about social impact. Uh, and, the, and they want to go to work for employers who walk the talk. You know, we're, we're all, we all should be focused more on corporate values and, and creating a, a positive culture. And by giving back and, and generating some of your profit in order to further social impact, it, it works. It's a, it's, a wonderful, it's a wonderful example of how you can walk the talk, and it's a smart uh, recruitment and retention strategy as well.
1: Well, thank you for um, the, that discussion on trends. I want to turn to the second segment, which I think is going to be equally exciting, which is where we discuss how you work together. And um, it's become kind of a cliche, right? This notion that you know it's the people that makes a company successful and got to work together and teamwork and let's all hold hands and sing Kumbaya. But I think for me, it's really important in terms of informing the discussion to to kind of deepen that and get beyond platitudes. So tell us and, uh, you know, listeners, a little bit about why you think your relationship has been successful?
0: Well, I'll share with you that um, when you are running a not-for-profit and you're going to uh, incorporate social enterprise in there, you really want to have leadership that really cares about social impact. That is so critical. And both Jess and I have a common value in that we both care about social impact. And that has really been the basis of building a, a really productive relationship from my perspective. Jess is phenomenally bright and she is, her work ethic is incredible. She's creative. She could be working at a lot of different companies and making double the salary. You know, I, I just have to put it right out there, right? <laughs> but she chooses to be at open hand because of the social impact that we're able, that we are changing lives. And that's important to her. She is she embodies the best qualities that millennials have, and if I'm a smart CEO, I'll figure out how to get her the resources she needs, and then get out of her way and, <laughs> and let her grow revenue for our for our mission. That's a little bit of insight, I think, to to how we work together.
1: Well, so uh, before you go, Jess, what is social impact? <laughs>
2: It's a nice vague term. No, um, really, what it is is it's looking at: Are you able to move the needle on some cause in the community, right? So um, through an investment, through time, talents, treasures, you know, what what are we able to do to see improvement in one one of those aspects that we consider socially responsible? So, like, I back to, you know, is it reducing the carbon footprint? Is it improving health? Is it improving anything for your neighbors in need? Economic development, um, you know, building that local kind of power consciousness. So there's there's a lot of lot of different ways to have a social impact, but it's basically looking at can we make a difference without it being about money, just money, right? And Mm so um, just say care, you know, do you care? How how are we caring?
1: Yeah, and so my question for you, Jess, before you answer, you know, the question about why you think the relationship is successful is why why would you be willing to trade off the economic value? You know, you could go and work someplace else for. Twice the money. Twice the money. Why? What is it that, that has you trade that off?
2: So, I mean, I, I full transparency, I, I did that. Um, I went right after grad school into the corporate world and I, I had a great job with lots of money and um, it wasn't fulfilling. And I think for me, at the end of the day, you know, I had spent countless years in, in pursuing degrees in education and when you don't feel good about what you're doing, there's that purpose is lacking, and uh, you know that it doesn't matter how many dollars you chase or what you pull in. If it if it doesn't feel good, I don't want to be there. And so, I I left a very very good job um, to just kind of do some soul searching, and and you know along the way really found my home at, at Open Hand, and I think you know I I initially to be fully transparent um, interviewed out of a courtesy. Um, for, for a friend. Um, didn't know about Open Hand. It was with Good Measure Meals. Um, Did you know you wanted to work for a not-for-profit? Um, I had been doing some consulting work in the not-profit space, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But I didn't know that Good Measure was was affiliated with a nonprofit at the time that I interviewed. And I came in for a sales position, which I was like, I know nothing about sales. This isn't really my skill set. They wowed me with the mission of the organization. I fell in love with what they were trying to accomplish. And I said, you know what? I will figure out how to do this job. Um, Then they came back and said, you know what, you don't have the skill set for that job, but we'll create a new position for you. And we really want you to build, you know, build this corporate wellness aspect of what we do. And I said, that's up my alley. And now, you know, now I'm in a position where it it really is the best of both worlds. I'm working in the, the for-profit space with, with the heart of a nonprofit. And so, you know, having, having that ability with that dynamic change, you're, you're really having to pull that heart and the head together, which for me is, is the ultimate reward of any kind of business task. So, I mean, my, my days are extremely different, but at the end of the day, I can always speak to something good that we're doing, um, you know, with, with our time and with our, with our resources. So Mm -hmm. it's incredibly fulfilling.
1: Wonderful. And so why do you think that, uh, your relationship
2: with Matt works? (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> well, he lets he lets me uh he lets me be creative. And I think that's something there aren't a lot of CEOs that would invest um in somebody as young as I was when I took the reins of the company. You know, I was just not even 30, just about to turn 30. And um, you know, they they gave me the reins with with the mentorship and the leadership and, and the endorsement and um backing that I needed to really help it grow and, and do it in a way that was aligned with open hand and our values in the community. And I think um, to Matt's point, you know, really, really standing firm that 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 was the reason they put me in that position is that I understood the value of, of the social enterprise. It wasn't just about, hey, let's go grow the revenue for the nonprofit. It's let's do this in a way that we're really meeting our mission um, and extending that mission as far as we can. Um, and so I took that to heart and we've made a lot of changes along the way and, and really found our feet. We, we came into the roles kind of simultaneously um, between the executive director and me taking over the social enterprise. And I think there's, there's been a lot of respect that has grown along that way and the balance between that brain and that heart of making sure that, you know, we're always double checking all of our decisions with each other and, and balancing and weighing, weighing kind of how anything impacts our strategic direction and our, our ultimate plan um, for the organization. And it keeps us in check. I think we both have that good balance between the two and making sure that, that we're doing what's in the best interest of our clients and, and our, um, our employees and our organization.
1: Matt, I have a question for you about how, how do you actually go about making sure that your values show up in your, your company operations? So you seem very value driven, but, you know, values can be just platitudes that, you know, stay on a mission statement on the wall. So what are some of the tactics that you use to actually have your values show up inside the, mm-hmm. the operations?
0: You know, I think it's, it, um, it starts at the top, right? So you, the CEO really does have to own walking the talk, right? And you, you really have to keep yourself in check because if you are not walking the talk and if you're not embodying those values, and then if you're not inspiring your leadership team to do the same, you know, we have about 125 employees. They're gonna take note of that. They, they can smell phoniness, you know, a mile away, right? <laughs> so you really do have to walk the talk. We actually just went through a, a really wonderful process of um, redefining what our values are. And um, you mean as open hand, as open hand, right, as open hand and good measure meals. And so we didn't do that in a vacuum. We really talked with our associates. We um, invited many of them at different levels of the organization at different uh, departments to come in and actually be part of the process that would help us define what we think our our values are. Which are? Which um, at the top is that we value our mission, that we make all of our decisions based on what's what's right for our clients via our mission and another one is that we hold our staff and our volunteers as the single greatest resource that we have and so we want to respect them and then we we value transparency and truth right but we also value accountability right if we're if we're going to commit to something we need to deliver on it we need to deliver on that for our clients we need to deliver on that to our government partners um, we need to deliver on that to each other and so accountability is is a really important value
2: I'm going to chime in with the the last two because I think these these are really important to our specific work kind of working model business model where which are diversity and innovation and mm-hmm. so diversity I think if anybody walks through our doors you can relate to someone on staff I mean we we serve everyone and we employ everyone and I think that's something that that value of diversity in our culture every walk of life is represented and we truly respect um, where everybody's coming from and where everybody's headed and i think that's that's really core to who we are as an organization typically when you're out on the front lines that's important right um the the second piece is that innovation and that goes back to our model you know we we have been up against many many challenges where it doesn't seem like we can get the funding for a program that we know needs to occur or there's a specific population that we know we need to serve and we can't we can't back away from providing those meals, but the funding isn't there. So we figure it out, whether it's through developing, you know, a different different product line through our, our social enterprise, whether it's a strategic partnership in the community, we find creative ways to get it done. And that's that's something just about being resourceful that I think is not necessarily unique to, to our culture, but something that's definitely embraced.
1: Hmm. Great. So you'll hear me pressing you on this because I think it's so important. Right. So transparency <clears throat> and truth. Like, what does that really look like at, at Open Hand?
0: Yeah. So, the the way that our mission is fueled is with community resources. We are stewards of the investments that we are earning from donors, um, wonderful individuals out there who are giving their philanthropic dollars to support our mission. Same with our government partners; they are entrusting us to be good stewards and be responsible, um, responsible stewards for spending that those many that money wisely and living up to our mission to really delivering what we say we're going to deliver. And so transparency is about really uh, being very open with your constituent base, but also your employee base, just as one example of how it is that you are spending those dollars, mm-hmm. right? So we we pay to have an annual audit done of our organization, right? So that we can share the exactly how we're spending every dollar and every penny. And so that transparency but also in key decisions that we make at the company, right? So we try not to we, we try to not to do things in silos, right? We really want people to understand what our mission is about and why it is that we sometimes have to make tough decisions, whether we're whether it's a new strategic direction or whether it's a cut, you know, whether it's a program that perhaps uh, isn't living up to its potential and we decide to go in a different direction. Well, it's about being being very honest with your employee base about why you're making that those types of decisions, right? So, trying not to work behind the curtain, but but really pull it back and say, "This is what we're about, and this is why we make decisions—good ones and and bad ones sometimes." And also owning up to when we make mistakes, right? Um, I think that it, it's an unreasonable expectations to think that senior managers and senior management team are you know, gods that, that don't You don't walk mistakes. on water? Right. You didn't, exactly. you didn't take
1: your, turn your water into coffee this morning before you came?
0: <laughs> I can't even boil make coffee, basically. But, but I think, you know, that, that's, a, that's a form of transparency, too. It's about owning up to when you've made a mistake um, and, if, and if need be, apologize for it, too. So that's a little insight, I think, to transparency.
1: Great. Great. And the other one that I think is big, too, is, you know, people are our biggest resource. <laughs> Sorry, it yes. sounds sarcastic, but you know, yeah. tell me about how that really looks. Well, you know. I mean, because everybody, I mean, every CEO says that, right? Right,
0: right. I, <laughs> I tell you that, um, but if you don't walk the talk in the not-for-profit world, and I think most not-for-profit CEOs, I, I believe, feel this way. So we don't have the kind of dollars, typically, we don't have the kind of margins in our business or in our mission, really. To be able to generate the kind of dollars that you would typically have to be able to invest in professional development, as just as an example. It's really important that you find ways to make sure your employee base feels respected and feels valued and feels connected to the mission, mm-hmm. right?
2: So, how does that look? Yeah. Talk to us about how that
0: looks. Well uh, so uh, when, I'm, when I'm the, gonna
2: interject because it's hard talking about yourself and what you do. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> speak to some of the things that, that This is Matt why we does. have two people yeah. on the show. Yeah,
1: I love it. <laughs> so she can she can you know jump in there yeah. and,
2: and I, I wanna start off by saying I, I have worked for for several different companies and have never had the pleasure of working for someone that I I truly believe embodies a mission and the values of of an organization and it really is inspiring and I think that is a belief and and just shared amongst all of our employees. So some of the things that that Matt does does on campus that I think are are really speaking to that value of the employee and our resources are are coordinating events so that we're keeping everybody informed and up to date. And so there're staff meetings. I mean, how how often in your company do you really take the time to have we have two a year um, that we get everybody. We shut down, shut down manufacturing. Have all the drivers come in, and we actually go through where are we with the strategic plan. We have speakers come in, which, you know, to another organization you may pay some money to come in. We have clients. We have people that have taken part in in a part of our process to talk about the value of working with us, value of being a meal recipient, value of being. We the last meeting we just had last month, um, we had a. a young lady that was phenomenal went through one of our cooking education programs training programs and came back to talk about how how it affected her life, her family's life and ultimately she became a trainer for the next cohort that's going through. So we're seeing being able to connect to the dots with what we're doing and in every position and how it's vital for the organization. and you feel good about that you feel feel wonderful about knowing that this is this is what we've done we've we've allowed this person to really change their life. And I think, you know, Matt is is the constant cheerleader for, for those stories, for those testimonials, and making sure every position on campus feels valued and, and understands their role and what they did to make that happen. Um, so between those, you know, I think just knowing knowing people's names, as silly as that sounds, you know, do the you fact know that you can— <laughs>
1: you know all 125
2: names?
0: I do not.
1: Okay. <laughs> I have
0: to but be, that's very I'll transparent. I'll be transparent about that's that. That's very right? transparent. I was like, wow. But, I make an effort, but I don't.
2: But but being able to, I can say, address people by name is huge. And I think, you know, well, well there may be some people that he, he, he doesn't know. You know, we do have we do have some positions that are— <laughs> You know, they aren't there for very long or, or temp kind of positions. But for the for the most part, really having a conversation and, and knowing something about them to c- carry on that conversation and, and support their role. I think that's something that's very endearing to all of us at at every level.
1: Yeah. And so thank you for letting me dig there, because I, I, I'm i really committed to like getting beyond the like,
2: oh, you know, it's just all sure. hands hands. <laughs> <Right. you laughs> we know. don't sing kubaya. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you do feed people, though. We do. That's just really, really great. I think I would love to hear a little bit about your corporate you know, your new corporate endeavor and like how that's working and how that's fitting into all the other things that you're doing.
0: This is right up Jess's alley.
2: So as the social enterprise or, yeah. or going into okay. Well there's there's a lot about the social enterprise. So one thing that I think is really really interesting is that, that back to that value of innovation. And so we constantly have new things that come up on the open hand side that are great opportunities for us to pursue. We we've identified a population or we've identified some kind of programming need, whether it's in a senior center or a community youth-based setting that we know we want to tackle, but we have to come up with a way to fund it. A good example of this is uh, we have market baskets. So we have a, a large population where we're not just providing the meal they may be homebound, they may not have access, live in live in kind of a marginalized community or food desert. Um, but they still need food they can cook they have the ability but they need the, the proper food so we created these market baskets that have fresh produce they're wonderful it costs a lot of money to do that right and so you know we start conceptualizing can we can we build a one for one program so we're working with GSU we're bringing in other partners to help us develop a business plan for a healthy harvest that would be a similar thing that we could have a one for one product line where the paying public is is buying their recipes and kind of curated kit with healthy, fresh food that they can prepare that then directly directly supports the program on the nonprofit side. And so being able to identify where are those needs and turning around and on the business side, being able to be innovative and saying, okay, how can we address this? Keeping mission aligned, but building a, a, a feasible business product line, service line um, that can, that can take care of this, that can fund it and make it sustainable. Um, A lot of the foundations out there funding in the nonprofit space, they're not investing in these kind of one and done programs. This is a, you know, it's, it's a great idea, but if we can't, we don't want to invest year after year. Right. And so if they can find programs like ours, where it's a one-time investment to get the infrastructure set up with a business plan, we can, we can create a sustainability. And so having that kind of Merger of the business side with with the nonprofit side really does lead to a unique um, model that that ultimately allows us to be successful and sustainable. Mm.
0: If I could just add to that that being aligned um, with our mission is really important, and it sometimes it's really challenging um, as business leaders, right? Because it is you we're going against the grain in many in many ways. Um, we don't adhere to fad diets. In fact, we preach against them. We mm. say ditch the diet, right? But many, in fact, most of the meal providers out there in the for-profit world who are doing meal plans attach themselves to those fad diets because they know they can sell a lot of meals, right? And, and indeed, if we did that too, we could sell a lot of meals and generate more profit to be invested back into the charitable. But it's not mission aligned. It's, it was, it's not in the best interest of our consumer. And that's why being innovative is incredibly important. We have to come up with those healthy meal choices, and then help people understand why they need to choose that over some of the, you know, uh, lesser quality and, and poor, poor nutrition that actually be dangerous to their health. Um, mm-hmm. And that's going against the grain. That's not the norm out there. We're, we're rebels. <laughs> <laughs> no, and very courageous too.
1: So I'll uh, just close the show by asking if you have anything else that you think listeners would really be interested in hearing about um, for either open hand or good measure meals.
0: I'll I'll share and then Jess, you jump in. But I, I would want any business leader out there and actually any individual to know that we would love to have them engaged with us. That mm. um, we're we're part of a movement. We're part of a cause, and it's exciting, and it is working. And but we can't do it alone. And we those eight thousand volunteers who come in to help us package and deliver meals, they are absolutely critical to our business model. Right, our corporate partners who are who are let, allowing their employees to purchase our good measure meals, knowing that those dollars get generated right back into our mission. What we're doing here is, is courageous, and, and there isn't a rule book. You know, there's no one came to us and said, here's how you built a social <laughs> enterprise, and, but we need the community behind us. And so if you're, if you're looking for a cause to be connected with, come down and see us. We've we'll, we got you covered.
2: Well, I think just to expand on that, I mean, there's there's no wrong partner. There's no way that partner, you know, looks a specific skill set, whether it's they have time to volunteer, they have resources, they have a specific skill set. We have some phenomenal partners in the, the Atlanta community that come in and do trainings for our staff, but also just, hey, you know, we want to invest in our own employees. So can, can you do some wellness programming for us? I mean, we really run the gamut. And so just just being creative of how you can also get your company aligned with with the cause through one of the avenues that we can provide. And if people want to get in touch with you or they want to order from Good Measure yeah, Meals, absolutely. how can they do that, Matt?
0: They can go to our website, which is...
2: www.goodmeasuremeals.com or check us out on uh, openhandatlanta.org. Okay, great. Thanks so much for being here. Great show. Thank
1: right, you. Thank
0: you. This show is brought to you by Anona Enterprises, where strategy is your access to money and performance. Learn more at AnonaEnterprises.com.